We're judging the world and seeing what sucks. We're reviews versus the world. So I have to say, there's there's one way that I absolutely felt like I had to start this podcast, and I'm going to do that right now. You guys had to watch Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah. yeah. That cracks me up. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Reviews vs. the World. My name is Steven and I'm going to be hosting this very special edition of the podcast, which we are recording live on location at the Nerd Store Woo! at the Valley Fair Mall in West Valley City. This store will always hold a soft, special place in my heart because this is the store where I picked up the very first volume of the Miss Marvel No Normal comic. You just I just want to point out, you started talking so loudly, everybody went quiet. I know! <laughs> I'm so loud! We're sorry we brought Steven, everyone. <laughs> apologies! Apologies all around! Welcome. Um, <laughs> so you can hear some noise in the background. we got some people playing a Pathfinder game across from us, it looks like. Not Pathfinder. Oh, oh! It's Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a cardinal, one of the cardinal sins of, of nerdery. King of pop. <laughs> King of. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna diss you. I better think before I say so. So you've heard quite a few voices already. Um, we've got the usual gang. I am here, Aldo, John, Brady, like, Nate is joining us again. I and nodded. I nodded my head like as if the audience could hear me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the magic of podcasts. They can. You might be hearing something that's a little bit more of a soprano lilt than what you're used to hearing. That's because we have a new podcaster with us today. It's Emily. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Emily, why don't you take like a minute and just introduce yourself. Tell everybody what your nerd specialties are. Oh, I'm Emily. I enjoy long walks on the beach now. Um, my nerd specialties would probably be movies and music. I'm also really known for spouting off useless so celebrity trivia. So pretty much if so you... important. It is. And very pertinent, actually, to today's podcast. Da, da, da. So can you tell me who Jennifer Aniston is dating right now? Oh, what is his name? Justin Thoreau? Aren't they engaged? Oh, wow. You, you actually can. I'm, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm. Isn't that she, like changes, she changes boyfriends more often than she changes her underwear, I'm sure. <laughs> Isn't that what Jim Gaffigan refers to as McDonald's of the soul? <laughs> well, Jennifer Anderson or Thurgood? <laughs> so just we're going to begin the podcast the way that we usually do, and everybody's going to take a minute and just tell you what they've been into for the last month. Why don't we go ahead and start with Aldo? Okay, um, so I'm the typical guy that just reads... I, uh, I don't know. I watch anime, that's what I do. So right, We know, lately, we know. Lately, I've been rereading, and I have it on me because I've been rereading it at work. Uh, the Evangelion manga, which is an adaptation of the show, and usually it's a comic before it's a TV show. In this case, it was the opposite, and there's some fantastic changes. Um, apart from that, I've also been watching a show called Death Parade, which is about people that go into a limbo, which is like a little coffee shop cafe area, and the people that work there force them to play some sort of uh, game to decide who goes to heaven or hell. And so it can be like a game of darts, or they can play an arcade game. Um, and the important thing here is, isn't that it doesn't necessarily decide who goes to heaven or hell. That's just what they tell them. They put them in extreme situations. They make them really angry. They kind of make them 
freak out to see who is worthy of being reincarnated or having their soul sent to like the void is what they call it. So in one of the early episodes, the first episode, it's on husband and wife that were in a car accident and that at the same time. And so they're playing darts and on the dartboard are body parts and wherever the dart hits, the other partner is affected by that body part. And whoever has, they're told that whoever has the least amount of points left is the one that wins and goes to heaven. Um, through the stress of having to like play this and hurt each other and all this stuff, it's kind of revealed that, that the husband is extremely jealous and thinks his wife is cheating on him and that the baby she's having is somebody else's. And so the the people that judge this send her to heaven because she tells them that he was right, even though um, the baby was actually his. And apparently, so she did that to help him ease the pain of like thinking he killed his own child. And so they sent her to be reincarnated, and they sent him into the void for being a jealous person. Wow. So 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 you're saying that basically it's an adaptation of the movie The Notebook. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> or a really sick and twisted Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Hey. With ninety percent hey, less they Ryan clue Gosling. against death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would have. It was Twister. Twister was the final, uh, the final game. Uh-huh. Sent him over the edge, and he's like, "Okay, fine." I haven't seen these movies in so long. Oh, I haven't seen these movies. That was called Death Parade. Death Parade. Death Parade. By Madhouse. Oh, Madhouse. Their stuff looks good. Yeah, it looks really good. So, John, why don't you go now? I've been drawing a lot this month, <laughs> and luckily that timed perfectly with uh, new episodes of Bob's Burgers on Netflix. <laughs> so I got Bob's Burgers on one screen and Photoshop on another screen. I'm very happy. <laughs> and and uh, what else? Foils War still. Kimmy Schmidt, I think I'm, I'm going back to my second viewing now. And getting ready for uh, Daredevil. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. really excited for Daredevil. Two Oops. days, two yeah. days from this recording. I'm trying not to obsessively watch all the trailers because I'm trying to avoid all trailers, but I was like, ah, TV doesn't count, and so I watched a couple. <laughs> but I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at uh, the trailers I've seen so far and, and uh, stay up late on Thursday and watch it at midnight. So, all right. That's it. Woo! Nate. This past month, I've been going super, super old school. Like, we're talking late 70s, early 80s. I've actually been getting into interactive fiction, which, yeah, Stephen's like, what? what? Which is basically a novel, but you go through on a computer program and read it, and then it will say, what would you like to do next? And then you basically type in, go north. Like, you basically explore rooms, look for clues. Solve little puzzles and it tells you a really big interactive like story. Like a choose your own adventure it's kind of a thing? Yeah, that's where the choose your own adventure books actually kind of got their idea from. Is that from these sounds things. like a Japanese dating game. Yeah, it really <laughs> does, right? You know that strong bad email where he does the text-based adventure? Oh, yeah. yeah. You cannot get I figured, you out, how to, yeah. I figured <laughs> out how to beat it and it was awesome. <laughs> There's no, like only six things you can do, so it wasn't like hard or anything, but it was a good sense of accomplishment. Right. As, as a side note, did you guys watch the new Strong Not yet, no. Oh. Because it's still Flash. <laughs> I pulled it up on my iPad and it said... Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, it's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. well, I didn't go into a lot of effort. <laughs> it, knowing it's there gave me the good, warm feeling that I needed. <laughs> that's all you needed. No, so I've, I've actually been getting into this interactive fiction so much that I decided to learn how to write my own. And I'm currently working on a story where you have to know Beatles lyrics yes. in order to solve puzzles to go through the adventure. Guys, so many fists just got pumped. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles are the best band of all time. 
You know, I'm pretty sure that if I were to ever play this game that you're writing, Nate, no matter what I did, I would just get eaten by a Gru. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Zord references. <laughs> wow, that's wow. that's awesome. Cuckoo Kajoo. Cuckoo I got eaten by a Gru. <laughs> right, uh, and then the uh, the other thing I've been into is the Scott Snyder comic Witches, uh, which is really good. It's pretty violent with a little bit of bad language, but holy cow, it's horror comic writing at its best. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, it's basically about these weird creatures that were supposed to evolve into humans but didn't for, like, centuries. And they have little special magic that they can work. But what happens is, like, if you want, like, a wish granted, you can take, like, a person to sacrifice that they call a pledge. And you sacrifice that person and they'll grant you your wish. However, that person that you have pledged will then come back as one of these creatures and haunt you. At least that's what's going on right now. I think they just barely released issue 5. So it's still really new. You can still get all of the the issues and it's really awesome. I really like it. All right. Cool. Yeah. So Emily, your inaugural what I was into last month announcement. Well, I got engaged in Disneyland. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Slow clap. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Slow clap um, goes the other way. We're supposed to get like more, oh. more enthused. As the I was, waiting, goes I was waiting to hear where in uh, Disneyland. Um, we got engaged at the castle. Good. Of course. Um, of course. It was really cute. Idea. He took us there. There's photographers at Disneyland at specific spots, and so we're getting our pictures taken. And then he's like, "Okay, photographer, keep taking pictures." Pulls it out, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you guys, I can't do this!" And I was crying, ugly cry face. There's pictures on Facebook. My ugly cry face is so on point. It's perfect. So needless to say, I've been a little Disney obsessed this month. My, my fiance and I like to play this game called Guess the Disney Character or the Disney Movie or the Disney Song. Um, it happens a lot at work. We work together now, so when we're supposed to be working, we'll IM each other. Male? No. Female? What else is there? Back and forth all day. Same with Harry Potter. So that's pretty much all I do. What about Baymax? Ooh. Baymax isn't male or female. That's where that question comes in. I think he's a robot and referred to as a he. Well, he's voiced by Scott Adsit. Yeah. But I, I think as a robot, he is technically genderless. Well, then you'll win the game by being really tricky. <laughs> also, the reason why we slow clapped... I and he is wood. I have no idea where I'm coming from. The, the reason we slow clapped about her engagement is the fact that she is now off the market and all of us are very depressed. I didn't so. know I believe right until I already got engaged. Also, yeah, John and married. I are kind of married, so... Yeah, kind of, though. I mean, so there's room. <laughs> Brady, it's like... It's not each other. No, yeah, no. You do what you want, but not Brady right. To <laughs> <laughs> so say it's the 21st century, Brady. People cheat all the time. Hey, so speaking of Brady, Brady, what have you been into for the last month? Please don't Hi. say Tinder. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've actually been playing a lot of the video games. Of course, of course. And so, you know, being a big Nintendo fan like I am, of course, they release a new Zelda game, and I have to purchase it. Um, and so, I actually got. Hyrule Warriors oh. like two months ago and I just couldn't bring myself to really 
play it or enjoy it much. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm actually going to learn the rules of this game and how it works. And once I once I did that and realized, okay, so yeah, it's mindless hacking and slashing, but there is actually some depth to it and some strategy. And oh my gosh, this would work so much better as competitive multiplayer. Why don't you do that? It would make sense. But it was actually a lot of fun. I've never played any of the Musou games. I have no idea how to... It's Musou. Musou. There's no A in there. Oh. I was just racist. Oh. <laughs> it's like there's no I in my last name making me eunuch. <laughs> As we <laughs> talked about last podcast. That's called a callback. Yeah. Anyway. That's how we get your list to more episodes. You should put in the liner notes for the show, accidental racism is the worst kind of racism. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a victim. But you know, this is the first game that I have ever been able to play as Agatha, the bug lady from Twilight Princess, and kick trash. I mean, it's weird. But I, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun, and it's especially a lot of fun playing it two players cooperatively. So that's what I've been into, and I've actually been enjoying it. Nice. I actually have to say that I feel like I was the only person that was not hyped about it when they announced it and when they did it, because I was like, well, I can just go play one of the actual Warriors games that has like 160 characters, or I can play Hyrule Warriors and play with 12. <laughs> that's just me, though. So I... Two things that I want to talk about. This has actually been a really nerdy month for me. I've, uh, I watched Fargo. I started watching Your Lie in April. Like, there's all these things that I could talk about, but there are two that, that I want to talk that we've about. we've all referenced. I know. <laughs> First thing I want to talk about is I finally read the all-new X-Men comic. Which, for those of you who don't know, this is a story about the X-Men, where the X-Men are not satisfied with the way the X-Men are behaving. So they send the X-Men back into the past to pick up the X-Men, to come to the future, to talk to the X-Men, to make sure that they stop acting like jerks, but the X-Men don't want to listen, and then the X-Men decide that they like it here better. So the X-Men stay in the future along with the X-Men and the X-Men. It is really confusing. Did any of you follow that? I feel like it would have been appropriate if X-Men would have won at this point with the amount of X-Men that we've heard in the last year. I've been reading up the... I've been picking up the monthly issue so I knew exactly where, where I was going but revolutionary oh wait no wait no that's that's uncanny X-Men never mind they do kind of cross into each other a little bit they do but they do but see they made it sound ridiculous you forgot to mention that future beast has horns and stuff well, you also forgot to mention that like, <laughs> Revolutionary Cyclops is the best Cyclops. I do yeah. think Revolutionary Cyclops is the best Cyclops. This is true. Just, oh. The other thing that I have to mention, because it's timely, you guys, I saw Furious 7 last night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was it Did good? you cry? I cried. Oh. I cried at Furious 7. I'm so scared to it see is it. the best of the series. I have, I have, I have to no admit. attachment to the series. I've never seen Furious 1 through 6. Um, so. That said, though, they, they do a tribute at the end to uh, Paul Walker. Paul yes. Walker. Paul Walker's his yeah. name? And, oh my gosh, guys. It was really touching. Also, you've got this scene where uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson walks into a room and everybody's like, dude, where's the cavalry? And he says, I, I am the cavalry. Actually, let me correct you. He says, woman, I am the cavalry. Either way, <laughs> we've just now established that in the Fast and Furious universe, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Jesus. Also, <laughs> can we talk about how? Well, uh, let's not talk about this. We'll save this for another time. But let's talk. Can I just? But we'll mention. Can it I just anyway. mention how much of like a superhero movie the 
Seven feels like. Oh yeah, people oh, yeah. are getting thrown around by explosions. People are like caving in like car windows with their head, and they get up and it's like, is everybody okay? Cause I'm okay. People are like <laughs> making holes in the ground by stomping the yard. I just don't. <laughs> I heard that uh, the Rock. Or Mr. Johnson, or whatever he wants to be called. <laughs> and, and like, I'll see him in a movie, and I'm just like, uh, I don't. Uh, dang it, he's watchable. Dang it. I heard that he is injured, but then flexes so hard that his cast his cast breaks, and he's just like, Daddy's gonna go to work. Yeah. And like, wow. And it they jump awesome. a car through buildings, several two, buildings, two buildings, two buildings, three buildings. <laughs> there's two buildings that they jump through, but there's three buildings because they start in one. Well, they oh, okay. Crash in the one. Okay. You, you got to count where is, they start and land. It is one of the most spectacular. See, I'm being tricked into watching all of them this weekend. <laughs> oh. Because I saw the first and I was like that's enough <laughs> and then there were more and then there were more and then there were more and everyone said no no it's it's all right I'm like but they're but they're bad right well but no but yeah, yeah but no yeah. But, but a little bit they get better they get better as they Here's go along the they really thing. do the Fast and the Furious movie though they pay off for investing and haven't seen the previous one so each one gets a little better but with the exception of Tokyo Drift they all build upon like the last movie. It's like but, a black for some reason, I, I kind of doubt that the world building the Fast and Furious movies is really that intricate. You'd be surprised. You would be. There's You'd a, be surprised. There's a lot of like for people like me that I've that I sat down my 11 year old self and watched Fast and Furious one. Oh my god, it's been that long. Um, <laughs> ever since I saw the first one and have watched them and rewatched them countless times, going into number seven and all like the numerous callbacks and references they make to like the, all of the movies was fantastic. It really just paid off. If, it, a if it helps, John, as you're watching the movies, just replace in your mind everything Vin Diesel says with "I am Groot." Oh my gosh, that's an edit of the film that has to be made. It has to be made. <laughs> Does anyone love Vin Diesel as much as I do? Like, super unconditionally? I'm gonna guess no. Uh, a little bit. I, I like him as a person, not as an actor. I like him as a voice. He could be a horrible actor, but he's such a good person. He is, oh, he, he is a good person. He's one of the patron saints of nerdery, so he's yeah. really doing a little bit He's so in the Dungeons and Dragons, so like, the, not even kidding. So the thing that cracks fact, me up about him... I think you might be over there at the next table. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the uh, thing everyone is forgetting the pacifier. That's okay, time I will never <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Saving Private Ryan, okay, Boiler Room, whatever, yeah. I will never, and, and Triple X while we're putting things on the crack. That's file. fair. So the thing that does crack me up about him is he has kind of like a high, not like a high-pitched voice, but it's a lot on a higher register than it is when he's filming. So when he's filming, he's like, I am Vin Diesel. And they're like, cut, and he's like, good job, everybody, let's go on break. <laughs> and he's like... Is that the same thing? Yippee man? hooray, everybody! <laughs> we're getting distracted. So now that we've had this dose of testosterone, we're going to flip the switch and go to sheer uh, estrogen, right? We are going to talk about the Gilmore Girls. Yes! Yay! My category, everybody. This, this is, this is uh, the result of the March Madness competition that we held on Facebook. Um, each of the four inaugural members of the Reviews vs. the World we podcast. Were, we were the, the Beatles of the podcast. <laughs> Does I don't that want to Emily's live in a world, the Yoko? <laughs> <laughs> she's Yoko. Yoko. She's, she's Sean. She's, so, she's the copycat son of John Lennon. I just, it, it made me lose my faith in, in everything because Gilmore Girls beat Batman in a contest. <laughs> 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 So I want to take a minute and just have everyone take a minute and chime in on how they first 
came to the Gilmore Girls, what experience you have with it before we forced you to watch it. For me, the person who got me into Gilmore Girls was my college roommate, Jason. Thanks, or, Jason. Or, <laughs> this is for you. This is your fault. Jacena, as he is now currently known. No, 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 no. I was surprised. Oh, there is actually a podcast called Gilmore Guys. Yes. I just thought it was it was for the ladies. No, no. But um, that is not true. The people who got me into Gilmore Girls are all men. Now I it is a way that I uh, bond with my lady friends because almost every girl I know that I have conversations with has opinions about Gilmore Girls, and so we sit and we talk about it. And you know, I, I find it a very captivating show. I was always drawn in by the wit and by the the just the fun dialogue and so that that was kind of my introduction to the show it was it was from college and my college roommate who would play World of Warcraft with Gilmore Girls playing in his little portable DVD player that'll give you weird dreams yeah I kind of did so who else has had uh, who else has come to this show like before this podcast uh, I I have as he as I think yeah. So yeah, I used to watch it because it was on uh, just on regular TV. So I would flip the channels. I'd watch it. I was really well. First of all, I just had a crush on both the mom and the daughter, and that was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the thing that like really kind of kept me hooked, apart from going like, oh, they're cute, and then going like, oh, they're just the back and forth, and that was something I love. So I love directors and people that do that. So, um, oh, what's it? John Favreau. His movies, just, I love them because they have that same type of dialogue. So it's that but quick. But at half the speed. <laughs> so so it's that type of thing that I love. I love dialogue. So stuff like that, Quentin Tarantino, just, I love it. So all the pop culture references, I've I, I've never been like a dedicated Gilmore Girls fan. I've never like watched all the seasons in order, or all the episodes in order. I watch them as they came on, but if it was on, that's that's what I was flipping it to. So, for me, my, my wife and I have always been looking for different shows that we can binge watch together because it's one of the things that we love to do. I mean, that's what you do in today's day and age with the people that you love is you watch shows with them obsessively. And so, we've always heard a lot of things about Gilmore Girls. And it finally came to Netflix, so my wife Amanda turned to me and said, you know, let's, let's give it a shot. So, we, we turned it on. Watched one episode, and she said, done. <laughs> and that was my entire experience with Gilmore Girls before I had to watch it for this podcast. Over the past week, she walks into the living room, and she said, we were done. We were done! Why are you bringing this back? I had cable growing up, so I did not watch a lot of the WB, so I kind of skimped over it more often than not, unless I was at my friend Tiffany's house, because she's like, I don't have cable, but we wanted to watch TV, so I'm like, Arthur or Gilmore Girls? Ah. It's a tough choice. That is a tough show. It's a tough choice. <laughs> For me, it was basically Gilmore Girls on the CW, a chick show on the CW. Pass. <laughs> that was it. That's that's always been it. I can't. I can barely stand guy shows on the CW. So. Well, to be uh, fair, the gender is not really the issue there. No. It's the CW. It's the CW. It's the CW. With exception of Arrow and Flash, which are tolerable. But that's the new CW. Right, it is the new CW. They are CW is getting a little better. Well, they couldn't have gone down anywhere. <laughs> so I was going to say they could have, but it would be called UPN or the WB. <laughs> which they had to change their name from twice. So that people, it's probably like, yeah, anyway. 
As much as one can absorb a show by osmosis by being around the ladies, that's what happened with my experience with the Gilmore Girls. I have three sisters and I'm married, and so it was just there. And I found myself knowing crap about this show that I never watched, and I would catch snippets of, like, episodes to give me a, a, a sense of the arc of the seasons, and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, there are no car chases and nothing blows up on this show. And they're talking a thousand miles an hour, so I'm going to pass. And I thought, surely Batman will beat this, and I won't have to worry about it. False. <laughs> Bill Finger and Bob Kane are rolling in their graves, respectively, and well, the Dark Knight was not victorious. <laughs> but I did not hate it. Wow! I, it's not for me, but I didn't hate it. Okay. But we'll talk about that later. I think, I think that's about as fair a verdict as we're going to get from John, though. That's <laughs> Correct. Pretty, that's pretty good. So that gives you an idea of where we're coming from. We are going to take a quick break. Once we get back from the break, we're actually going to uh, do the drawing for the winner for the March Madness competition, which we'll let Brady handle that. And then we will take a minute and talk about the first four episodes of the first season of The Gilmore Girls. It'll be great. Woo! No. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back at the Nerd Store in West Valley City. We never left. We never left. <laughs> That's true. We've just been sitting here for the last ten minutes talking about stuff. But we weren't recording, and so it counts as a break. So, we're, before we get back into talking about the Gilmore Girls, which is, you know, the nerdiest property we could be talking about in a we are going to take a minute and pick the winners... When are you guys getting the Gilmore Girls trades in, by the way? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. That makes your brain kind of near so I heard Frank Whiteley's drawing Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Frank Miller. Oh, man, actually, I would read that. Can we, can we make this happen, actually? This, this show got dark. <laughs> Why is Laurel have her revenge To pick the winners for the for the drawing, for the two Funko Pop figures, we actually have two figures that have been donated graciously by the Nerd Store. We have Pat. Hooray! Hey, Pat! Pat. Woo. So, Pat, pick the first name. So, you're a fighter. So, this one will be for the Wolverine. We have a Wolverine Funko Pop. That is he's going not to the go. nicest Funko, but he's the best at what he does. <laughs> going to go to Jonathan Tran. Jonathan Tran. Congratulations! Congratulations hey, on winning a Wolverine. I, I know Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we have a Dark Knight Joker Funko Pop. The Cesar Romero Joker did not have the mustache, so we went with the Dark Knight. <laughs> Marshall Bryant. Marshall Bryant. Woo! Our only two listeners won? <laughs> they couldn't make it tonight. <laughs> so congratulations to Jonathan and Marshall. We will be reaching out to you through Facebook, and we'll get you these fun, 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 Funko Pops. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Pat. And thank you, The Nerd Store, for hosting Reviews vs. the World this evening. Yeah, Thank you, Nerd Store. They regret it immediately. <laughs> So, now comes the moment that you've all been waiting for. Into the breach. The moment, the moment after the Funko Pop drawing. No, we are now going to talk about the first four episodes of The Gilmore Girls. So, let's start off with the pilot. 
The pilot is, of course, the first episode of the Gilmore Girls. Wait, I thought what? it was the guy who sat in front of the airplane that made sure it didn't crash. Well, that's why the airplane did crash, is because they mixed up the two. Oh, I thought the pilot was the thing that started the flame on the grill. That's why I ended up okay, let's... <laughs> Fun with homonyms. Or whatever the appropriate grammatical term is. Oh my gosh, wait, are, are you the English graduate? Yeah. yeah, but I graduated a long time ago. Let <laughs> <laughs> upkeep on that degree, huh? <laughs> so, the premise of the show, for those of you who don't know, is Lorelai Gilmore, a single mother of 16 years, has just secured entry to a fine private school for her daughter, Lorelai Gilmore, who goes by Rory to avoid confusion. Unfortunately, she cannot afford the entry fee for said institution, and so she goes to her parents, Richard and Emily Gilmore, to procure the funds. Now, she's been estranged from her parents for a long, long time. This act of taking and borrowing money from her parents forces them back into each other's lives, and generational conflicts ensue. Mm -hmm. it, it forces them back into our lives because Mrs. Emily Gilmore, who's Lorelai's mother, gives the stipulation that they have to have dinner each week and speak on the phone once a week, which is something that has never happened previous to this point. It, it had been how many years since she had even seen her parents? Well, it was every Easter every, and Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, kind of like most uh, churchgoers. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to stop myself and it didn't happen. But yeah, so the, that's where the tension comes from is this, is this uh, sort of conflict between these three people who really haven't been spending all that much time together over the years. Uh, Lorelai and Rory are, of course, best friends, um, and that proves to be problematic itself as Lorelai has been more of a friend than a mother to her daughter all this time, and now Rory has entered the age where she starts getting interest in that dreamy guy from Supernatural. He's pretty hot, I'm just gonna say Wait, was that him? Yeah, that's Jared yeah. Padalecki, or Padalecki, or... It's Padalecki. And, and it was... Padalopsicopolopicus. And, and it was very confusing, because in Gilmore Girls, his name is Dean, but in Supernatural, his brother's name is Dean. My brain hurts. And his name is Sam, and so... It's very awkward. It was very kind of weird. Uh. I avoided the confusion by skipping both shows. <laughs> <laughs> no longer. No longer. Not, yeah, not anymore. Tune in next March Madness when Supernatural wins. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind that so much. By comparison. There are no ghosts in uh, Star Hollow, so. Well, not in these episodes. Who will win in the Battle of Super Hulak? <laughs> so, impressions of the first episode. It was good. It took me a long time to really get invested in the characters. Really, by episode four, I'm still not that invested at all. And also, I'll get into it later, but I hate Emily Gilmore so much. She's the snottiest and persistently snotty character of the entire show of what I've seen. It just drives me I feel like bonkers. she would judge me if I didn't speak to her while also standing on a yacht. Right! <laughs> <laughs> she, does, she does this terrible thing where like she stares at people yeah. and like her eyes almost like kind of bulge out but not really it's because like, they don't want to be blinking? anywhere near you. It's kind of exactly. like... And I just, I just want to punch her in the eyes. It's like a mother-in-law pretty much. Oh! <laughs> 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 I'm single, ladies. <laughs> we see why. Now, you're <laughs> saying this about your mother. Aldo was quicker on the draw than me. Dang it. I have notes. I, I did not just, like, 
watch the show. I took notes. Wow. Looking for moments that were right for parody and it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> establishing shot establishes Star Hollow as an idyllic New England setting where no exciting stuff will happen. Only chats over coffee. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgetting, though. So, so You're forgetting, though, that the very first song that we hear in the Gilmore Girls... Is there she goes again? That's true. And and I just kept on my mind kept on going back to so I married an axe murderer and thinking, wow, I wish I was watching that. <laughs> Brady, we just mind melded right there. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, you know what song? Uh, what this song is in? That's uh, preferable to yeah. Wow. Yeah. No love for the Gilmore Girls in this room. It's not that it's, there's, there's no I love. It's just it. I like it. The target audience is. Not step foot set foot yeah. in the store. I don't think. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So I made a list. <laughs> in anticipation of the lightning fast pop culture references and the attempt to cram the uh, uh, the um, humor and the intellectual prowess of the Gilmore Girls and their writers, I made a list ex uh, of all the pop culture references in the first show. Ooh. Not as big as I was impressing, but I uh, was expecting, but here we go. Jack Kerouac, RuPaul, Macy Gray, Superman, Huck Finn, Britney Spears, Stephen King, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Rosemary's Baby, Oprah, Moby Dick, Madame Bovary, Flojo. They both were uh, rocking out to the same Macy Gray song, which dated the show horribly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mommy Dearest, Little Match Girl, Menet, the Menendez Brothers, uh, Robert Burns, and Nick at Night. Yep. When 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 was the pilot episode filmed for Gilmore Girls? It's like aired in two thousand. It's like late late nineties, early early two thousand. Because Macy Gray was also in the first Sam Raimi Spider Man film, which also seemed like a shameless plug for Macy Gray. Well, she. I don't understand why. Honestly, because what happened to her career? I was gonna say, where is she now? Doesn't she have a parade? Oh. Like I'll, a, I'll be here all podcast. All of us were like, oh. there's, there's nothing funny about me. It's great. Hey, <laughs> the, the thing that makes me sad is that nobody can see my face when I make these terrible jokes. Well, you know, and, and that right there brings me to one of the things that I noticed right away in this first episode that I was like, that kind of greets me. Is Aldo told a joke that was pretty witty. But we actually had good natural reactions to it. Um, yeah, we, we, we get that that was a clever reference, you know, that was, that was funny, but we actually gave time to react to it. And, and that's why I think that this, this show, you know, right in the first episode kind of started to lose me, is they don't give time for this wit to really shine. It's just so quick fire that the reactions of those around just I, I don't I know. Think, I think that's there was the a guy that, Oh, go ahead, Steve. That's the way that most sitcoms are nowadays. Like, think about community. That's true. It's firing those lines off really quick. I, really quick. But I do I do kind of have to agree with Brady in the sense that like any moment that we are given like to breathe and absorb what just has been said even that itself is a very brief moment because they're talking they're going back and forth back and forth a third character comes in they say something it slows down the pace for a one or two lines and they can pick it right back up I think there was a stagehand who was off camera with a metronome making sure everyone kept up and kept their lines just firing off and like you know I it's not a bad show. It's not. Before I crap all over it, it wasn't, it's not a bad show. It's just not for me. And that's fine. I don't I, I don't have to be like, oh, it's the stupidest show ever because I don't like it. No, it's just, it's just you know, I, I think that the pilot was well done. You got 
enough information to establish the show, what the show is, what the world of, of you know the characters is going to be. You didn't get everything all at once. You didn't get bad exposition. You were able to. They did a lot of show and not tell. You know, you could, the the feeling that Lorelai has when she's running the inn is much much different when she's sitting on her parents' couch. Yes. It's the opposite. You don't feel relaxed and and you know laid back at work. You should feel that way when you're at home with your family. But it's the exact opposite because she is in this environment that she created and she chose everything and where she's not judged by you know her parents harshly. So. Um, I think that's actually yeah. a really good point, though, because that's that's one of the big driving points of the series is that Lorelai is sort of the self-made woman, um, and so she feels really comfortable at work because that's that's where she has been successful. She has no success with her family life, um, and that's a real. I think that's actually a really relatable tension, um, even for people who get along with their parents, like I do. They do have that capacity to make you really uncomfortable, yeah. really uncomfortable, really quickly. Well, and you know, that is one thing that I actually did like about the show is, you know, she succeeds, where she's failed with her parents, she succeeds with her work and with her with her daughter. It, it, yes. Even though she does take it to extremes of, you're my best friend and not my daughter, but still she worked so hard at that relationship that she didn't really ever have with her parents. And I think that that is actually the element of the show that I did like. I, I'm like John, I did not hate this show. In fact, before I found out that we were only going to be talking about the first four episodes, I had watched the first eight, and then I thought, okay, good, done. Um, but I, I, I kind of liked parts of it, and, and it's in that dynamic that I really enjoyed it. Okay. Right. I, I feel the same way. Like, I, I didn't hate it. Like John was saying, like, I mean, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I did find myself at the end of the four episodes going, maybe, maybe I'll watch the next one. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't because i got to get ready to go record the podcast. <laughs> no, but, but one of the things that did bother me, and this is the same thing with almost any CW show, is, you know, there's, there's the real big fish song, uh, Sellout that has the lyric, the radio plays what they want you to hear. And I think with the CW, they kind of show you what they want you to see and hear. So everything tends to be a clothing commercial and a music commercial. So, like and, then said, Alex they, Borstein, and then Alex Borstein. And then Alex Borstein, right. No, but, but you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, they, they, they're like, oh, I borrowed your so-and-so CD. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to get one of my own, you know? And then like, then there was one part where it was going to go to a commercial break, which of course you don't get on Netflix, but it goes to a commercial break and they played like one and a half seconds of a popular song. And I was like, why? Because they like blurred him really fast and then it's gone. And I'm like, what's that's the point of even like editing a... <laughs> right, but what, yeah. what's... <laughs> Three seconds and you, yeah, there's a bump you gotta pay. Right. As, as right. the show but, goes on, though, they start to phase out the pop music in favor of the wistful la la's. Yeah. Oh, see, all I heard was wistful la la's the whole time. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I understand that shows need money to be produced. But when things are blatant, kind of bothers me. I feel the same way about film. Being a film critic, I, I hate pop. I hate I hate stuff in uh, I hate product placement in film as well. I mean, you know, so you, you just skip the entire decade of the '80s as far as I film. Like, hey, I can think well, of a couple kind of moments of in where he's like standing in front of the biggest like Pepsi machine I've ever seen. Right. Well, I well, you know, but I mean, but back in the '80s, it wasn't as blatant as it is now. Like, like Man of Steel was horrible. You know, <clears throat> oh, Wizard. 
<laughs> point. That's oh, all I'm going to point. say. That's, that's a Nintendo commercial. So, Emily, like Mac and me. speaking of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh, Gilmore Girls. Sorry. Yeah, speaking sorry. of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gilmore Girls? Emily, you've, you had not seen the pilot before watching this no, for the podcast? No, I've caught a couple episodes. Wait, and you're a girl? Thanks, Aldo. Yes, I am a girl, and no, I did not grow up watching the Gilmore Girls. I have to explain to you again, I had cable. <laughs> she had better choices. Everything goes out of my head once we go on break. It's like, anytime I talk to my fiancé about, like, shows I watch your kids, I'm like, oh, did you watch this on Nick? Oh, did you watch this on VH1? Oh, did you... I didn't have cable, sweetheart. Oh, right. right, right, right. So what was your response to this show? Um, I really didn't have that much of a problem with it. As far as the quick, witty dialogue consistently going, I'm a girl, I talk a lot, really, really fast, and my brain just goes in that capacity, so it wasn't hard for me to follow or comprehend. Hey. <laughs> <What>? Sometimes. <laughs> I like when it's sitting there. <laughs> I like when it's holding. I could follow it, but it was like, geez, ladies, breathe a little bit, you know? Well, we don't need to, you see. Oh. We don't have lungs, it just goes. Well, I just thought, yeah, well, Brady said earlier, give time for the jokes to land, but go on. Well, if your brain, you know, works, it doesn't have to take. Oh, I don't like this. I'm being mocked. I agree. You can mock me all day. I'm, I'm the only female in this group. There's so much to say badly about it. Please, please add a sound clip at the end of this podcast with crickets chirping and then John going, Hey, that was an insult. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a look. Um... Oh no! Hey. It, it was in the first episode, at least. Like I was saying, it was hard for me to relate to the characters, but I knew that I was still going to enjoy it because there was enough from each of the characters that made me like them a little bit, and there were some characters that I really responded well to, like Luke, the owner of the coffee shop they go to. He's pretty—he seems pretty flat, but there's this moment—I think it's in the first episode where he's all dressed up. Is that the first episode? Yeah, the very end of the first episode. Where he—he's all dressed up. Usually, he's in some kind of grungy gear with a hat on, and he's complaining to them about that they need to. The stupid. Makes him look like an idiot or a fisherman. To be—to be fair, he doesn't look much better without it. No, but, he, but, but it's better than... I don't know, maybe I'm not the right judge. Uh, the, the point that I was getting to, other than him being attractive in all regards, again, only female here, um, is that you see kind of a charming moment between him and Lorelai, who later kind of... They have this back and forth throughout the rest of the series until they end up in a relationship. I'm spoiling things, sorry. Oh! But As if we didn't see that. We coming. see we see a charming kind of really good acting moment for him that I wasn't expecting. So I kind of really bought into him. I bought into really a lot of like the side characters. I mean Alex Borstein playing the harp. Yes. That's a pretty good time all around. Actually, I hate her as a whole. Oh my gosh, I hate that character. I am so glad they they write her out pretty quickly. Yeah. She doesn't last the first season. Well, I'm so have, glad when she's gone. They have Michelle for the little angry banter lines in the inn, so they don't need two. Oh, that's true. That's Meanwhile, fair. I love Michelle. I do have to say, I am pretty fond of the entire, like, uh, like inn staff, yeah. um, including Alex Borstein, because I, I don't know, having had a myriad of jobs, you do meet every single one of those individuals <laughs> in your jobs, especially, and, and the cook lady, I Melissa McCarthy. Name. Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Fantastic. A thin Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> By the way, Melissa McCarthy is in this show. By the way, everybody. That's, that's kind of a big deal. There's a future Ghostbuster right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
that everyone else like was foul mouth well in the like establishing in the, in the uh, pilot who everybody is but like by the third time she did something stupid I was like we get it she's clumsy let's move on yeah, yeah, that is also a character trait that gets written out as the it show goes on but, yeah. but you do see like a spark of like something in, in when she's fighting for like the I think it's one of the later episodes when she's fighting over the strawberries for, mm-hmm. the, for the blueberries right. you see her is that in the first four I don't remember yeah. Yeah. the first one because I'm like everybody else after I got to the end of the first four I kept going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's in the first four and, and she has like this little moment where she does that and then when she finds the strawberries later out on the street and even though she might be clumsy she knows what she's doing with her job yeah. as far as that goes injuries and all well, they did and, and, show and, that. I, and I have to say I, I enjoy her Interactions with the fruit guy. Oh, yeah, fruit guy yeah. Jackson yeah. is his name. Yeah. He's yeah. one of my favorite bit characters. Yeah, he, he grows in prominence as the show goes along. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I really liked him. Like I was like, huh, he's kind of funny. Yeah. I hope you ship Suki and Jackson. I just I hope you do, because they kind of hook up. I thought they might. Yeah, they, there's a bit mm, of that. that tension. There's a bit of that. In I, the hunt, early I look But then she'll end up leaving him for a really big cop. Well, it's kind of it is kind of easy because as far as like seeing what's going to happen, like. Lorelai mentions that Luke is cute in the second episode. He's the only dude in the room or in the show at that point, and so it's like, I wonder if they'll get together. Yes, they're going to get together. But they play it out for at least a few seasons. Quite some time. Quite some time. It's like the nanny. So much tension. So many years. Get married already. I'm sorry. I'm backtracking. I I wouldn't think it would be the go-to reference to romantic tension. I like that. It's Gilmore Girls. We have to go really deep with our pop culture references. I thought that less uh, yeah, okay. I thought that the less Luke is more Luke. I liked him in the pilot in the first couple of he's He's concerned about Lorelai's uh, coffee consumption. I thought that was sweet. But it was like quick lines, and you got, you know, exactly what... It, he, he handled it well, I think. Yeah. He's only in, I think, three scenes in the pilot. Yeah. yeah. And, and he makes but, an impression yeah. in the yeah. scenes. And that's the thing I read, that he... Originally, it was just going to be a little bit thing, but there was visible chemistry, so like, oh, let's keep this Luke guy around. Plus, he's so. cute. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was another thing about the show. Like, does every guy that talks to Lorelai, the mother... Fall in love with her like immediately, well, like she's in the, the first. Well, in the first four <laughs> episodes, she's hit on like four times. Everyone else, she's, she's pretty. pretty. She is attractive. She really, I was attracted, but it doesn't mean that I'm gonna have like at least one or two people in every episode pass at her. Have you seen the rest of the town? It's all that like, country club type, like. She's the like youngest adult by far. She's, right, the, right, she's right. the belle of this town. It's her, the dance well, instructor she had, lady. And... She had Rory when she was what, 16? Yeah. So she's 32. Oh my gosh, I turn 31 next week. Bum, bum, bum. I have a chance with Lorelai Gilmore. In the first <laughs> season. <laughs> season one, Lorelai Gilmore. That's the best Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> Especially in those Daisy Dukes she wears when uh, she takes. Her That's daughter. actually a good segue. We're going to move on to, to episode two now, real quick. Um, this is uh, Rory now begins her education at Chilton, Chilton. a very high class and I believe fictional private school. Yeah. I would hope so. Stephen tried applying there even though he's graduated from college. No, so, no, so, that, so that thing you did, the the fancy Englishman that you used to do for improv, Brady. When they started going to Chilton, that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> a teacher. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. And the, the, and the, and the stuff at the at the golf club, all that uh, stuff. Yeah. I just I thought of you actually. It's more <laughs> the, the Mid Atlantic, like 
almost British, but not quite. Kind right. Of, mm, yes, we must come oh, over. Well, yeah, it, it, it's, it's like the character from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, whose parents insisted that he was raised British. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it's in this episode when we really get the first, like, real interactions with not just the grandma, but also the grandpa. Was it? Yes. Yeah. And it, I have to say that I love, I love the... Um, that Edward name? Herman is the actor. Yeah, he's great. Late, great Edward Herman. He, he, yeah. he recently yeah. passed yeah. year. Yeah. I was say it was pretty recent. But uh, he was fantastic, and even though he, he doesn't really have a shining moment until the third episode, mm-hmm. I I loved him as, as soon as it started, because he's very much, I, I have this money, and I have this very annoying wife, and I'm just going to be so self- Centered to block her out. Uh, yeah. I was like, that was fantastic because that is what I'm trying he, to do. He's probably the most believable character. Yes, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Herman is, is probably the best actor in the bunch. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's not yeah. to take away from Lauren Graham, Alexis Bledel, really or Melissa McCarthy, who I think is excellent in this show. Yeah. Yeah. Edward, uh, oh my god, Edward Herman is is fantastic. Yeah. Wasn't he Richie Rich's dad in the See, that's film my first with Macaulay Culkin? Reference with him, and I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Richie Rich is uh, Lorelai Gilmore's brother. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> can, we, can we talk for a minute about the, the Chilton gang? Sure. Oh, yes, I have notes on Paris. Oh. Yes, Paris! I knew that Paris uh, was on this show because I showed her. Yeah, yeah. Vomit. Yeah. Paris Vomit. That's it. And then she shows up in um, the new show this year, uh, How to Get Away with Murder, uh-huh. as a, like one of the uh, lawyers on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's a guilty pleasure show. It's you know. Does but she make you want to vomit in that show? Not really. Does she teach you how to get away with murder? <laughs> well, that would spoil the show if I just told her. <laughs> but no. uh, here's what I have about Paris. So when uh, Roy was in her regular school, she was <gasps> doing the homework assignment during class and not, you know goofing off and pinning her nails. And then there are more mean girls who like steal her file and want to know like she's poor. Uh, you know, like they were like judging her from the beginning. Uh, I have Paris as a mean girl ultra-competitive and territorial. She's all about marking her territory when she talks to So Rory. she's a beta fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Put Paris, a mirror in front of her and she gets pissed at herself. Paris is a mumbly grump. Her default expression is constipated or the facial expression known as the Kristen Stewart. <laughs> um, the boys are after Rory, calling her Mary, and it took me like one or two references to go, oh, because she's a virgin and they want to take that away from me. <laughs> Yeah. And the cultural references in this episode were Alice in Wonderland, uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame, Dukes of Hazard, Christiana Amapour, Koki Roberts, Oprah, Rosie the View. There was a list of writers and stories in their class discussion in the uh, English class. The Shakespeare, The Shining, Virgin Mary, and Mary Magdalene. Not bad. I don't have, uh, like, you know, dog hearing or a good, reliable, like, you know, slow motion thing, so I couldn't catch all of them. Right. <laughs> there were quite a few. Here, but I'm sure that there were, yeah. Um, fun fact about the Paris character. The actress who played her, Liza Weil, uh, went out for Rory Gilmore. She auditioned for the part of Rory, did not get the part, but the show creators liked her audition so much that they created the character of Paris specifically for her. Wow. Yeah, we need an ugly chick. She's not ugly. She's not ugly. I don't think she's ugly. She's just made up to be very plain. Right. I'm sorry, I'm not that bad. I smell something bad. No. And it's me. I think she is super cute. I think she's a beautiful person. I just really, really, really hate her, which is a good thing because it means she's doing her job. She's kind of the antagonist. I promise I'm not that shallow. I do have to say, the moment that most bothered me with her was her alpha moment when she's in the hallway and she goes, 
shows up to her and she's like, I'm the queen here. I'm the, the, I'm the editor here. I'm like, was that really? This? And like, I felt like Rory's Rory's just like, I'm just trying to open my locker. Exactly. <laughs> I felt like it perfectly mirrored my reaction. I was like, is this really that necessary? Are you really that much of a stereotype? But that's a common stereotype for high school stories, too. And the thing is, I remember high school. I never saw that person, the alpha that's like, this is my hallway, right. or this is my makeout locker wall, or whatever it is. That <laughs> that's because nobody talked to you in high school, Stephen. <laughs> no, based on Paris, she, so she didn't know where the makeout locker wall I'm was. So, sorry. so that's kind of, I think, the problem. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Needs to chill out. I mean, I get that they were trying to establish she's at the new school, these are the super mean girls. But we kind of get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that die down at all later? It does. It does. Oh, they God. become, what, frenemies? They actually do become frenemies. Um, their, their relationship is pretty compelling, the, the Paris-Rory relationship, because they are enemies that turn into friends, that turn back into enemies, they try to help each other out, they are always competitors. Um, there is a lot more nuance that develops in that relationship as the show goes okay. on. Paris is one of the great character finds of the show. I believe it. I do have to say that this episode also brought out a character trait that I do not like in Rory, and that she is very, very persistent, especially when they're like arguing, and she's just on about helping her, and she's like, no, she's like, I'm gonna help you, no, I'm gonna help you, no, just let it go. I just broke my own rule and I hit the table. <laughs> Way to go, sound guy. That's how mad he is at this show. <laughs> so we have now Rory at Chilton, um, where she is not fitting in terribly well. Meanwhile, Lorelai, her mother, is trying to take care of Rory at Chilton, and her own mother, Emily, keeps getting in the way. So they Meddler. both are having a very, very, very hard time with the new direction that their lives have taken. Well, grinds my gears. Yeah. So much. The bickering, the constant bickering. <laughs> Every family dinner, Lorelai and Emily are bickering about something. And it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I feel like Emily wins most of the time, but I want to kill her. <laughs> like, take a knife and just shank. That's She's so bad. Speaking of Lauren Graham in shows, I thought Parenthood was a, like, a well-made show. Yes. I love Talented cast. Mm -hmm. Unwatchable for me. Because it was too stressful, it was too close to like real-life events, and like hats off to them for doing that. But it was like, alright everyone, when you say your lines, make sure to talk over everyone as much as possible, and like be really stressed and uptight the whole time, even though you have this like family that's like supportive, but like blah 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 blah. Lauren so Graham is pretty, though. Let's relieve some of this. <laughs> let's relieve some of this tension by uh, having a golf break. Let's let's talk about episode three, which is the episode. I was so mad that enjoy uh, that uh, at myself for enjoying it. I laughed at like one of the lines at some point, and I was like, Ugh! It's like what did I just know? We almost, I almost skipped this episode in, in telling you what episodes to watch in preparation for the podcast, but I decided. That we just needed this wonderful, wonderful episode between the the Richard Gilmore and Rory Gilmore because their relationship dynamic is one of the best points of the show. Were you, were you going to skip it because people in towels make you feel uncomfortable? No, I was actually going to skip it because I thought we needed to spend more time with Lorelai and her boyfriends, whereas we barely touch on her love relationships. But again, like. She Awkward mess, like we million. get it. She does have a million. <laughs> in the first season. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get those ratings up. We'll <laughs> so anyway, we have this episode where... Um, uh, can we just... It's entitled Kill Me Now, and when I saw the episode list, I was like, yes. <laughs> 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 this show knows that I was going to watch it at some point. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And yet, this was probably, in my opinion, this is the most enjoyable episode of the first four. Yeah. yeah I agree. Definitely. Yeah. This is actually the last episode I saw. <laughs> I didn't watch the four. <laughs> so, 
Do we have a list of pop culture references? Plato, Bob Barker, Antonio Banderas were the first three, and I think that those guys could have a great TV show together. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the crap. Out of <laughs> Charlie Brown, Michelle actually, this is what I laughed at, and I was like, oh, dang it. Michelle calls Lorelai the teacher in the Charlie Brown cartoon because she's telling him stuff, and he's like, I do not understand you. Uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods, NSYNC, Pepe Le Pew, um, they list a... The wedding playlist for the snobby twin girls who are having a wedding oh at the Oh, the snobby twin girls! Like, uh, who are marrying twin guys, and they both, that is a natural, they have the little, uh, yeah. kind of moment. Um, Madonna <laughs> and Sean Penn, so. Yeah, did, you, did you laugh at the sticky note? It's okay. Yeah. Oh, on his back? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I laughed at the conversation yeah. right before that, where they're talking about, is it considered cheating or not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Context. We need, we need like, yeah. context. Yeah. So, yeah. Lorelai at the end... Um, is hosting a wedding, and the wedding is between... I don't know if they're actually two sets of identical twins or if they're just really similar-looking siblings. No, sisters I think, might have been fraternal, I think the joke is that they're twins. Yeah. They're, they're twins. They're, so it's these two really stuck-up twin girls marrying these two really preppy twin guys, and it's really uncomfortable to watch those. And it's played for comedy, of course. And to emphasize the fact that Lorelai has a good relationship with Rory where, and, and wants to be around her, while this woman is like, I hate my children. Right. They won't leave. And then you see, you know, some some stressful moments. Um, actually, the moment I feared would happen in, in Gilmore Girls actually happened in this episode, where they actually are literally talking about having a boob measuring contest. And I was just like, so it's come to this. That was not good writing. <laughs> you know, okay, so there's a there's a, a a manga that I'm quite fond of, an anime called Azumanga Daya, yes. which is about a bunch of schoolgirls. And they Wait, a manga about schoolgirls? Yeah, I know. It is no so way. shocking that there's a manga about schoolgirls. But there's a conversation that takes place where the girls are all arguing about their bust sizes. And I, I watch this scene, and I think the guy who wrote it, because it's a guy, is just trying to imagine what girls actually talk about when they're together. And then the Gilmore Girls has an almost identical conversation. And I'm like, hmm, maybe girls do talk about it. I don't know. No. Emily's shaking her head. <laughs> Especially not with my mother. One, I would never borrow her clothes. But their relationship to me is its not abnormal. It's just not believable. But then again, I didn't have a young mother who really tried to establish a friendly relationship with me, so, I mean, it, it might not be abnormal Your mother probably knew how to be a mother, which is well, one of the points of the Well, she had three kids yeah. before me, Well, so. like, I, th I think what's important yeah. to know about this, it's, uh, like you said, it's context. Um, it's not just a conversation that happens completely at a random. There's a conversation that comes out at a, at a stressful situation where she's kind of contemplating where she is, where she stands with her daughter, and she's just all the stress, and it comes out in the, essentially, what we all think is the worst way possible, that, worst possible conversation and I think it's very reflective of Lorelai's mental state at that point. Yeah, that's yeah, She kind of goes petty because she's upset that her daughter is liking spending time with her with her yeah. parent, with her with Lorelai's and she, and she found the first thing she could nitpick and exploded off of that. Subject. And it happened to be boobs. Yes. <laughs> I think that it was that, that was just funny to me that uh, you know, Rory was like, oh, rich people are judgy and mean because they're all like, you know, talking about each other behind their backs and stuff in the in the steam room and the, the restaurant and all this stuff. But also, it's fun. Rich people have more fun because she's like this beautiful country club and golf is fun and blah, blah blah blah. You know, so it was weird to like put her in that world and see how she did with it. And then 
Oh. Probably. Oh, nothing. No, I was, well, was, was going to say, like, the conversations with the, the rich people conversations were actually some of my favorite that mm. happened in this episode. Who did they, what did they say about that one woman? The odious She's woman. the most Od- odious, odious woman. woman. <laughs> 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 what I was the conversation that Richard uh, observes when they're in the, in the sauna. Yeah. And it's that old guy complaining about that. He's like, for the last 25 years, I've come here and that cart number 43 has oh been my cart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> did he give it to you? Damn right he gave me the carts. I was like... <laughs> I loved that moment. <laughs> you know, just just going along those lines, I thought that this was an interesting dichotomy with the last episode where you have Rory in a rich situation that she's not used to in Shelton, and then this episode you have the country club, and it's kind of interesting to see grown-up rich versus high school rich, and, and right. the differences there. Yeah. And the similarities. And the similarities. And the similarities. Exactly. I, I, I still feel like I need a yacht to watch it's, it. It's yeah. also like, interesting to note that Rory feels a lot more at home in an older environment than she does in an environment of her own age. Even when the people her own age are as smart as she is. Yes. So it's not simply an intelligence thing. <laughs> no, it no. Is. It, it's that she's an old soul. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. I do going, like how the... Oh, so go ahead. I was going to say, going back to the golf cart, the funny thing is, is at the... At the transition into the country club, you see the cart number 43, like, drive past. So I remember seeing it at 43, I was like, dang it, it was almost 42, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, uh, and, then, and then they, you know, then the guy started complaining about cart number 43. I was like, oh. That's funny, I've never noticed yeah. that. And also, so many times, and I've never noticed that. Also, in your pop culture reference, when you're talking about the snobby twins getting married, uh-huh. did you put in the double mint, the Wrigley's double mint oh, commercial? They were very subtle. Yeah. I don't think they ever used the word Wrigley's. Was, no, they just well, no, said, it looks like a double mint like, commercial. I caught that and I was like, oh, hey, it is. All those dudes are twins. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, I do like how at first... Um, the grandfather's just like, oh, she's late. I don't want to take her golfing. I don't want her to be like part of my little country club. I just want to have a nice day of golf, whatever. And by the end, he was like showing her off to people and was like impressed by her and like, oh, yeah. trying it's to lovely. It is it's, lovely. It's like, oh, thank goodness, because that's what you want a grandfather to like give a crap about. I, his grandfather. I, I do love the fact that this episode establishes that nobody likes Emily, not even her like husband. nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the development of the Richard. Rory relationship too is kind of realistic to follow you know what I mean because like when you're when you're of a certain age when you're coming closer to adulthood when you're younger your grandparents or your grandparents maybe think they're boring and old and don't know anything whatever or might maybe don't have a good relationship with them but when you become an adult and learn more about life and things you have more to discuss with your grandparents or even parents and kind of come to really understand each other a little bit better. I thought it was just beautiful. For, for me, this is actually one of the most relatable episodes um, out of everything I have seen before because I personally did not grow up with my grandparents. My grandparents uh, grew up, I lived in a different country than them right. for pretty much 20-something years. What country was that? Mexico. Okay. You lived in Mexico? No, I was in the States. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I see what you're doing there. No, so, so for me, and so, so when I first started talking to my grandparents it was when I was already an adult um, obviously much older than uh, than Rory is in the show but for me that was one of those things that was very relatable is having grown up without them and then suddenly have them thrust into your life which is what she which is what happened with her okay we need to move along we've got one more episode to talk about in brief okay so this is I believe the episode was called the deer hunters I was yeah. hoping that Robert De Niro was going to come in and be like, you looking at me? <laughs> That's taxi. That's taxi. Oh, that is taxi driving. That's right. Deer Hunter's... Christopher uh, Walken would die in the end. And That's, really sad. That's right. Instead, we get a Shakespeare test, and 
a deer running into a jeep. That's and Max Medina, the first really prominent love interest for Lorelai. Mm -hmm. That we barely get any interaction from at all at this point. Right. Still, um, we chose. I chose to end right here because this is where we have like the end of the first arc. This is Rory struggling to decide whether she's going to stay at Chilton, whether she still fits in, um, especially when she has her first really bad experience. Her first was it a D? She got a D. It was a D. Mm -hmm. And she never gets D's because she's the smart person, and uh, she's smart a danger. She's in danger of, of <laughs> losing her ground, her footing at Chilton, and very much in danger of completely having to leave for academic probation and whatever, whatever. And she's pining after Dean. Oh, she is pining after Dean. He's got such great hair, you guys. <laughs> he does have good hair. It's he does so, have good hair. It looks so And a hint of what it, Laurel, I described him, what was it, a little hint of danger? So I was like, yes. By putting him in a leather, leather jacket, that's TV language for, <gasps> ooh, bad boy. <laughs> I came across this term in TV tropes. It's the bad butt. The bad butt? They say bad butt because they can't say badass because it's network television and oh, they have to censor God. things. Ah, oh, great. Now we have to mark ourselves as explicit. <laughs> we already did for my mom joke about all those mom, Brady. Just, We're all good. Just put a bleep in there. You're okay. So, this episode has a couple of... of Important moments. Um, is this the strawberry episode? That no, was the that third was one. That was the three. Aldo and I didn't see the fourth one. No, we did not. Oh, so we oh, don't have a hooray. list of pop culture references for this oh, one. Oh, I can make some up, but I can't say them as fast <laughs> as they probably the came one out. Viewer? <laughs> Sorry, I missed or is that the previous episode? <laughs> was this the one with the reviewer, the food reviewer? Yes. This was, was, was the food reviewer. The risotto yeah. sucks. <laughs> the magic risotto? The magic risotto. Like yeah. five times. Again, I, I love I love Suki. I, I think Melissa uh, McCarthy is probably the, one of the, one of the strongest characters. Well, you know, and that's the Melissa McCarthy that I like. That's the first few seasons of Michael and Molly, Melissa McCarthy, and not what the abomination that they turned her into after they decided, oh well, she doesn't need to have a baby. Let's just go ahead and forget about that, and let's make her more like she is in the movies because nothing is more popular than her movies these days. Can you name the last three Melissa McCarthy movies? Really, yes. Tammy was one of them. Tammy was. Was it Bridesmaids? Identity Thieves, Bridesmaids. But that wasn't Identity in the last three. Identity Thieves. Identity Thieves. Identity Thieves. Um, what's the one? What's the one she's with Sandra Bullock? Oh, the the Heat. The Heat. The heat. Okay. Where they photoshopped so, her neck to so look unnaturally small. Six people. So we could name the last three movies. <laughs> yeah. it, exactly. Well, I'm gonna have to throw those last three movies though. But the, uh, the character uh, of Suki is much more in line with what I think that she really excels at, and it's not the you know. I'm crass and look at me, I'm funny because I'm big. It's more I'm I'm sweet and I'm kind and I'm I'm a little bit assuming and that might get me into some troubles, but unassuming, yes. Unassuming. Unassuming and that might get me into some troubles, but you know. She has this very this personality where it's very like her what's up in her head might not be all there, but what's in her heart it completely. Exactly. Is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Max Medina, we're <laughs> going to talk about Max for a bit. Um, the funky we, we, cold Medina. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this man is far from funky. 
Yeah, I gotta say, of all of the Lorelei love interests, this guy's kinda bland. Yeah, he's not even dreamy, like, at all. No. Speaking from a female perspective that really wants the attractive people to be with the attractive people in television shows, <laughs> I mean, makes sense to me. I'm glad well, you're here because I don't think we'd be able to rate him on the dreamy factor scale. Just, well, you know. ladies, not dreamy. I think if he isn't is uh, attractive at all, it's due to his wit. Because he is yes. a pretty witty character. Yeah. I get some laughs. I do laugh at some of the Max Medina lines. But as a whole, he just is kind of bland, kind of uninteresting compared to a lot of the other characters of the right. scene. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because I actually watched Parenthood in its entirety before I ever watched Gilmore Girls. And there's a story arc for uh, Lauren Graham's character in Parenthood where she ends up dating her daughter's teacher. Huh. 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 And so I came to this, I'm like, this seems familiar somehow. So It's not broke. <laughs> so over the course of this episode, there's a lot of strain. Rory has this big test that she has to pass. Um, and so her mother stays up late, helps her study for it. They wind up oversleeping. They miss the test. And Rory has a fantastic meltdown. That's my favorite Rory moment I've seen so far, like, period. First, she takes it out on... Well, she takes it out on the... Not just the teacher who won't let her take this test because she showed up late for it, but she starts to take it out on her classmates. She gets after Paris and gets Ooh, right in her face. So good. Right in her face. And I love Liza Wilde's face at this moment, where she's just cowering before the tiny fury of Alexis Bledel. Who's like, like, you can't see my hands, but it's a very small measurement of saying this big. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was the first moment in the show where I I thought to myself, oh wait, she does have more than one timbre to her voice. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to find with Alexis Bledel for sure. It is kind of like she's kind of the same. Like, uh, well, no, in everything too. Yeah, like she's, everything. She was, she was good on Mad Men, I thought, and different from well, very different from Lorelai. Like. <laughs> 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 or Rory. I, don't I, know why I said Lorelai. Well, that all is her name is Lorelai. Yeah, yeah. It's confusing though. Your mother was whacked out on Demerol, remember? <laughs> twice, twice, twice characters. And then Lorelai has her own meltdown mm -hmm. in the headmaster's office where she goes to town on both the headmaster and the teacher. Calls the headmaster Il Duce. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> Pretty rad. It's Cambodian for, what was it she said? It was great Cambodian. man. Or or great man. Like that. Great teacher. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good scene. Yeah, so... It, it, you do get these very stressful moments. Ultimately, they decide that despite all of the difficulties that they're going through, Rory will continue to go to Chilton, where she will have awkward interactions with Paris, awkward interactions with her teacher, who is dating her mom, awkward interactions with the creepy guy who keeps trying to hit on her, and she has no interest in him. And yeah, so our story continues. So, final thoughts on the Gilmore Girls. One time when I was a, uh, in high school, I was um, the only guy that went to a girls' movie night. And I found that I had similar thoughts that night as I did when I was watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> such as... <sighs> I don't know what's going on, but it's not for me. <laughs> we saw... I didn't pick the movie. We saw Down to You. For you Freddie Prince Jr. fans, it, it's... It, I looked it up because I wanted to see how bad the critics thought. 13 Metacritic score. Yeah. Wow. That's really low. Wow. But it has Freddie Prince Jr. in it. See, so. right there. 
part of the problem. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, what's her name from? Oh, just Julia Stiles. Sorry, I didn't have a Oh yeah, who's great? She's great. The movie's terrible, terrible. Well, I like Ten Things I Hate About You okay. a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, she, she's fine in Born Identity. She doesn't have much to do. That's true. Anyway, um, but I was just like, yeah, uh, I wish we could be doing something that I like to do. I don't know what I'm doing here. The thing is, that I'm you the odd one out. You were a guy with a bunch of girls. Yeah, that's couldn't the make same. that enjoyable for yourself. Well, I went because I liked one of the girls there, and then by the time it was, it was like a slow motion explosion. But I was like, Freddie Prince Jr. That's gonna be no, no, <laughs> <laughs> and nothing ended up happening with the girl anyway. So it was a completely wasted evening. Okay, that's fair. But it was similar to like, well, someone's having fun, but I don't think it's me. <laughs> These girls will not stop talking. <laughs> So, oh, what am I doing? So similar, similar experience. But uh, I will say that it's a good show. It's well made. You know, a lot yeah. of good stuff about it. It's just not for me. But I don't want to like that, tear that anything down for people who are fans. You did give it a try. So, I, I and you said yeah. you enjoyed it more than you expected to. Yes, there were moments where I laughed in spite of myself. I was like, dang it, that was so a funny. So if you line. had to like stay home with your sick wife, and this was the show that she wanted to watch, you could stand to watch it with her. <laughs> because you love your wife. She already binge watched this show. Uh-huh. It was on constantly, and so I'd come into the room and I was like, "I'll give it a shot with her." And I watch a scene and I go, "Nope, no, no more. No, nope, can't do it. Can't Done." Do it. Because they do, they they do talk much much faster in later episodes, and it becomes more ram the joke down your throat in later episodes of what I observed before. I would compromise with the misses and find a show that we both like that she would feel better watching on a sick day. So one thing I wanted to do before we wrap up this portion of the podcast entirely is I wanted to take a minute and talk about shows that maybe could scratch similar itches to what the Gilmore Girls might bring up. Let's say you have are a fan of rapid fire, pop culture related comedy, or quick dialogue, or uh, multi-generational familial conflict. What are some shows that you might recommend to someone in place of or in addition to the Gilmore Girls? Well, 20, 24, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot better. I was going to say Attack on Titan. Oh. <laughs> no, I was just thinking of what the complete opposite was. And, uh, no, I don't know. Is there is there something that I, fills that void? I have a couple of suggestions. I think Psych, for some reason. Because, I mean, the, the, the banter between all the characters is pretty witty, and the pop culture references spew out of their mouths. All the time. That's, mm-hmm. a good, that's one of those first things that point. I think of. I, I would say if you want that type of conversation, I have to take my headphones off. I would, if, if you want that type of conversation, I would say Sherlock. Not a whole lot of pop culture references for obvious reasons. Um, but really but tightly and scripted and very, very yes, rapid fire exactly. with dialogue. Or any movie with Robert Downey after he went to rehab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's actually a few different shows that popped up to me, and not, not necessarily because of fast dialogue. Well, the first obvious one we've already talked about a few times is Parenthood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I have, I have never seen. I may have to check it out because I am a legitimate like fan it. of Gilmore Girls. I think you would like it. I will fully admit that Parenthood made me cry at least five times. Yeah. I it's cried at Furious 7. So. Yeah, so you get me. Oh, you, you will be a right. mess after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Parenthood is great. Another one that I love and and really reminds me of this show, maybe it's because of that kind of hoity-toity Northeastern, um, it's actually Revenge. Oh, oh interesting. That's actually a really good point. I, I love Revenge. Sell me in two sentences. Okay. 
It is about a girl who, when she's young, her father is framed for treason and put put in prison and dies in prison while she's just a little girl and she grows up and changes her identity and has a deep plot to get revenge on everyone who set him up. Oh, in the Hamptons. So and she's the girl from Everwood, and in uh, Cap and, Two. Yes. Yeah, and Cap Two, Agent the 15. the girl across the hall. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sold. Yeah. So it's it's actually a really great show. Another one that I will admit that I I, I actually kind of like. Uh oh, he's looking embarrassed. Uh, Same face. It. Uh-oh. We, we we call it we call it deaf and over dramatic. It's. Switched at birth. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I know. I saw a pre- I know. You know those previews they show in the movie theater where they're like, here's a quick look at, you know, this is upcoming. They showed this, like, extended, like, preview for it, and I was just like, it was but it, it has subtle a, as a brick. I can't it, remember. It has, it has a lot of that sort of teenage drama in it, as well as, you know, just the multi-generational drama. Um, and it has a little bit of the quick-fire wit, and just the general look and feel of the show reminds me a lot of Gilmore Girls. And for some reason, I'm addicted to it. I, I admit, I, I don't know why it's not well like acted, it's not that well. Another ABC Family. Well, a lot of ABC Family shows, especially those directed towards females, which is most of them, kind of fall into the same category. I'm pretty sure I Gilmore mean, Girls was on ABC Family at one point. Wouldn't yeah, be surprised well, if it was. Well, and another show that was written by the same people, or the same chick, was Bunheads. Amy which Sherman is, Palladino was yeah. Yes. Basically, not the same show, but it's the same exact quick wit. It didn't last very long, but so it was okay. I have two suggestions for shows that kind of scratch the Gilmore Girls itch for me. Bear with me. This is going to be kind of weird. Okay. So, I love the dialogue of Gilmore Girls, and the show that I have seen that has come close to emulating Gilmore Girls' dialogue is Pushing Daisies. Oh, Pushing love Daisies. That show. One of the best TV shows ever made. I would, I would go so far as to say it's the best. It is my personal favorite. I'm sad it only had a little bit of time to... Yeah, me too. We'll have this discussion when yeah. we do our, our Pushing Daisies podcast. They are talking about Pushing doing podcast? a season three on Netflix. Netflix, though. Really? They're talking, and they're working on a Broadway musical. Chris Chenoweth's well. just like, I'm dancing with Miami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on that show was so dang They were incredible. So here's my other suggestion, and, and this is going to seem a little weird when I first say it. Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> I can see that. So why, why couldn't we watch those shows? <laughs> that's the solution. Because democracy you. determined that we were going to watch those <laughs> Thanks, democracy. <laughs> Think about it. The, the, the references in Gilmore Girls, they're genius-level references. They're referencing Jack Kerouac. They're referencing all of these, like, authors. I, authors. I'm an English major. I've never read half these guys. I got my degree in reading old, boring, dead white people, and I've never read half these guys. <laughs> Mr. Science like Theater has the same level of genius references in, in the... Right, it really does. If you actually were to sit down and look up all of the references that are made in Mr. Science Theater 3000 from the, the, the quipping bots, you would be really smart, probably. Yeah. I'll, I'll recommend the riff tracks, is what some of the guys are doing now. Right. The riff tracks for the Twilight fo- films are hysterical. Oh my gosh. You couldn't pay me to watch Twilight. Line. But then they... Oh, Line. that's one of the funniest. She slips on the ice. Dang, Macaulay Culkin! <laughs> <laughs> there are some hilarious moments, and they get they get fun, they, they, they like have throw, they have some throwbacks and stuff to earlier jokes. 
because they like they do all the movies. I haven't seen all of them yet. I've seen three, but quick, oh my quick gosh. note before we move on from uh, the Rift Tracks. Um, the Rift Tracks are doing their live streams for Fathom events starting in oh, May. Yeah. That's uh -huh. true. I was going to mention this. May six, yeah, May six are doing the Room oh Live. Oh my god! Yeah, I kind of want to see. I'm that. excited. That is all I'm throwing out there. Check uh, out FathomEvents.com. Go do that. Or Rift Tracks. So, so Mystery Science Theater and uh, it was pushing daisies. Yeah. Now, now I'm, yeah, I'm going to go watch those. <laughs> <laughs> so, I happen to love Gilmore Girls. You'll hear more from me about this because I'm going to be doing a full review on uh, the Gilmore Girls for my next review uh, on the YouTube. Not Gilmore Girls, but we all have to do our March Madness yes. reviews. Oh, thank goodness! So I was like, please, <laughs> Batman, please save me. <laughs> yeah, you get you get to do your Batman review. <sighs> So, if you haven't gotten enough of Gilmore Girls, you can listen to or watch the, the review that I'm putting forth. Putting forth. Listen to me. That I'm going to be putting out within the next like uh, couple weeks. ship and send it out. <laughs> you got an English degree. There will, be, there will be much pillaging, so it will have that in common with Vikings. Um, so, with that, I think we can wrap up our conversation on Gilmore Girls and move on to the month's releases. Alright, I'll start off with the game releases. So, this month, actually, there's not really very much coming out, but there are two games in particular that I really want to, that I really want to mention. The first one is Mortal Kombat 10, which I've, I've watched a few videos of fatalities, and then felt like I needed to go confess to some priest or something for watching the first, for watching those videos. But yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. I've enjoyed everything that Neversoft has put out lately. Um, the Injustice game is great. Uh, the last Mortal Kombat game is great. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. But the one that I'm most excited about is a game that I have actually already played, but I loved, and that's Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. And Xenoblade Chronicles, the original one, was on the Wii, and... and they only made 50 discs? <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it, it's easily my favorite RPG that I've played in the last 10 years. I absolutely adore the game, and I can't wait to get it for my new 3DS. It is, it is exclusive to the new 3DS XL. Boo! <laughs> but I'm very excited for that. Just play Monster Hunter with me. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> See, that's I, I like video games, but I don't feel the need to rush out and grab something new because I'm playing Zelda again, Ocarina of Time. I still need to get oh, that. So good. Can I? So I was gonna ask, can I do movies? Next? Sure. Do you have a list of the movies? Um. <laughs> sorry, I, I have to switch apps for that. Well, there's only. I mean, there's. Avengers. Best of the Avengers is next month. It's next month. It is. Yeah. I'm actually uh, doing a uh, all-day uh, Mar Mighty Marvel movie marathon oh. and watching the Phase 2 films and then going to a 9 Just the Phase 25. 2 films, though. Well, okay. I'm not, like, gross. <laughs> there are some theaters who are doing the whole, you know, the whole shebang. I think we yeah. talked about this last time. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Sorry, Aldo. No, that's fine. What else is coming out? Well, um, there are a couple of movies in the theaters right now that are looking pretty notable. Um, DreamWorks' new film, Home. I... Okay. I have heard good things about it. I have not yet seen it because I went and saw Furious 7 instead. I think that was the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard good things about Home. People are the, the, uh, the trailers make the lead characters look pretty cute. So that's, that's, that's I've only, the only good thing I've heard is that it's visually very good, but the rest is just meh. Yeah, which actually would be about par for the course for DreamWorks. They make good-looking movies that tend not to be scripted terribly well. Um, there's also the live-action Cinderella. Which I heard better than Home, but... <laughs> not glowing reviews, but it looks, you know, good. 
And there's also Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. So oh, just... alright. Movies. We just won movies. We gotta go see Paul Blart. <laughs> uh, did you guys not like that? I guess I not. I didn't bother no, seeing no, it. No, yeah, so, um, God, yeah, that really is we are that right. Much. We are right at the precipice of when the really good movies start coming out. There, right. was, there was Unfriended, which I don't know if you guys have read any reviews for that. Have you seen that, Chris? No? I haven't been able to get out to was it. Was it? Okay, because I'm interested in the concept, but I don't know. I haven't bothered to look at any reviews for it. Is there a score for it yet? 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. 83%? Oh. What is that? What's the new horror movie that came out? That oh, it follows. Yeah, it follows. I was, okay, awesome. I only saw a trailer and I was like, if I watched horror movies, I would watch this one. But I'm scared. And like, in, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was like, that, th that thing is going to kill, I don't even know what it is, and it's going to come kill me. <laughs> but I saw What We Do in the Shadows, and that was the trailer that oh, played before oh, it. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> My, my uh, brother-in-law and sister saw it at Sundance, and mm -hmm. they said, you have to see this, and it finally came out, and I, I don't know if it's still playing, but oh my gosh, it's hysterical. These are the, these are, it's uh, Jermaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concord, yes. and other uh, New Zealand actors. Reese Davies is in it, and he's hysterical. He's a werewolf, and he, he leads this werewolf gang, and they hate the vampires, because that's Jermaine Clement, and these other guys are all uh, uh, vampires. <laughs> Jermaine's like his or uh, Reese Davies. His uh, werewolves are yelling at the vampires, and whenever one of them curses, he's like, "Hey, we're werewolves, not swearwolves." <laughs> it's like really strict on that, but it's a it's a mockumentary, and it's just wonderful. Oh, it's so man. funny! I so really want to see it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I've heard very, very good. Uh, also, another awesome, awesome horror film. It's on Netflix this month. Is the Babadook? It's an Australian film, and and it's awesome, and it's based on a lot of, you know, like seventies horror films, which were scary on what you couldn't see, as much I think it's you know, when right? Yeah, when there, when there's more in your mind, yeah, when you have to do it with your mind, it's um, you know. We got some comics to talk. We got one comic to talk about, sort of. Well, well, quick well, thing. Uh, I, I think that Emily had some music. Oh, did I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, uh, quick, quick nah. thing. Now, if you if you want to get into Miss the new Miss Marvel stuff, the trade paperback. Oh, Miss Marvel Volume Two Generation Y came out. I, I went and bought it last night and uh, read it, and so it is better table, than the first one, which so, is still amazing. It is. There's a, it's a great. They got they, great they had a, a second artist come in to pick up a couple of issues with guest star Wolverine <laughs> because of course it guest stars Wolverine. That one uh, a guy who I was in drawing classes with, Jake Wyatt. Like we we were at school at the same time. Obviously, oh, I loved him. Yeah, he was a great. He's, he has a great Tumblr and is doing a uh, comic called Necropolis, which he's released just a little bit, and it looks amazing. And all of his stuff is really really good. So I saw that and I was like, no way, because I you know follow him on Tumblr and he's really really good. So so that's out. Also the uh, I guess the trilogy of Star Wars comics um are ongoing right now. So mm -hmm. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars uh, Darth Vader and Star Wars Princess Leia. Have you guys read those? I've only heard good things. They're, yes. they're awesome. And then there's the, the new uh, The Last Padawan. Yes. So all this stuff's is coming out. Too. It's They're still within the first three issues. So if you go to your comic book store, ask them to order it because Marvel can still fill in orders. So definitely go do that. Um, Spider-Gwen also on the third issue. I'm picking up my first great. issue. I have read it, but I'm picking up my personal copy. Uh, right now that Steven has in front of him. You know, I see that you've got this uh, legacy of Luther Strode in front of you as well. It's gotten some good buzz. Have you actually read this yet? Yeah, I've not read this one. It is the third, uh, like, story in the trilogy. So oh. I, have, I have read the first two uh, books. They are uh, hyper-violent. Um, they are very... 80s movie-ish. Um, the, essentially, the premise is that Luther Strode is this really skinny, kind of nerdy guy, and he 
takes like some sort of protein milk or whatever and he beefs up super huge for no reason whatsoever and he finds out that there's this organization of people that also take the same stuff and they live forever and they're super strong so he has to fight them and in the second story arc um he's gone into hiding and he became sort of like a batman myth type um and so he comes back and his girlfriend's kind of been threatened by these guys so he rescues her and that kind of ended and so this third part like sea of luther strode picks up uh, years later and him and his girlfriend have been in hiding and so he's essentially coming out of hiding to put an end to this whole madness going on. Um, it is it is very hyper violent. Um, there is a lot of um, there's a fair amount of like sex and swear words in it, so it's not. Wait, wait, in an image comic? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but but if for some reason I have sold you on it, um, the first two story arcs are in um are in uh, paperback and I think hardcover. I I don't remember the names off the top of my head, but they are just Luther Strode, so you should be able to find them. I wanted, to, cool. I wanted to update something from last month when I was like, maybe I'll see Pixels. No. <laughs> that was before I saw the trailer. The short film was amazing. Yes. And I saw the trailer and I was like, no way. So but, I just but, wanted but to... You have Adam Sandler. So, I'm sure Look Adam at my face. has been in a good movie. <laughs> I just can't think of which one But you one have it is. Paul Blart. Hey, Happy Gilmore. Okay, there it is. It's The Wedding Singer. Yes. 51st <laughs> Dates. Happy Gilmore. It's basically good. any Adam Sandler. Sandler Drew Barrymore movie. Okay. Well, except the except for yeah, that last one. Except I for Blended. Seen it, so. Blended. Uh, ah. All right, so yeah. All right, I think that's about all we've got time for because we've got about 10 minutes before the nerd store closes, and I think I have to make a purchase before we go. Yeah, the longer we sit here, the more comics I'm going to go home yeah. with. <laughs> and hey, you should come down and make a purchase too. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, come on down to the nurse. So they've right. been open for about a year and a half. They're here in West Valley City, which if you live kind of on that west side, it's one of the closest comic book stores because everything is really further out east and south. Um, it's, it's really actually a pretty convenient location. Yeah. Comic book shop. It really is. Oh. It's inside the mall, so come down, watch a movie. If you like the movie, go pick up the comic book that that movie is based off Because of. chances <laughs> are it's based off a comic book. <laughs> like The Kingsman. If you've seen that movie, comic book. Check so it out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We have been Reviews versus the World. Join us next month when we will talk about something that is going to appeal to John a little bit more than tonight's topic did. Like Batman. Britney Spears. <laughs> All right. Thank you and good night. Thank you.